my pleasure, Adam. It's great to be back. What? How are you feeling about this this series coming up against Pakistan that starts tomorrow? Yeah, look, it's always exciting. The Australian home summer. Um, there's been much spoken about, you know, where Pakistan are at. There's obviously been a fair bit of turmoil in recent times with. You know, Bubba's arm not having the captaincy and Shah Masood taking over. Um, there's a few injuries floating around. It's obviously young Nassim Shah who was out here last time. But I think what we saw, particularly last year in that uh, Australian tour to Pakistan, was an amazing series. Uh, hard fought, albeit on very, very flat batting wickets. So um, obviously Australia's going to have a huge advantage in our home conditions against them, uh, given their relative inexperience in our conditions, particularly some of the young batsmen. But you know, there's some exciting young talent there. So hopefully, you know, if they do find their feet in our conditions, we'll see some great test cricket. So the Australian players today are going through their final preparations ahead of not only the first test tomorrow, but the, the start of the, the test summer. For you, what was it like the day before? Were the, were the nerves there yet? Uh, is it excitement? Is it focus? What, what's it like for, a, for an Australian batsman the day before a test series? Yeah, look, there's, there's a mixture of everything, I think. I think a lot depends on how you're travelling coming in. I think uh, in this situation, obviously, the Australian boys are going to be on a high after the World Cup. For a lot of them, you know, that was a remarkable achievement given that it was in India. And arguably, it's been our best ever World Cup victory uh, given how well India were performing, the strength of their team, the playing in front of their home crowd. And yet, you know, we got the job done under huge pressure um, after what was a slow start, losing the first couple of games. So, you know, they're on a high, the bulk of this group, and also on the back of, you know, what was an outstanding Ashes series and also the World Test Championship victory. So the boys are playing great cricket. So I think they'll be very excited uh, to play at home and, and to keep staying on the roll because another, you know, this is another World Test Championship cycle has started. Um, they know there's a lot of work to be done to, to try and, retain that mace and I think playing at home against Pakistan and the West Indies they'll be hoping for a dominant summer to, to start the ball rolling um, really well so yes there'll be some nerves around uh, as there always is because everyone wants to perform well uh, but there'll be lots of excitement and, and I guess you know that probably overrides everything. It has been interesting particularly Andrew McDonald the coach talking about the significance of the World Test Championship in, in years gone by we'd We'd often talk about test cycles and uh, when you'd blood new players to make sure they're peaking ahead of an Ashes series or potentially an India series. But Andrew McDonald's made it perfectly clear. We're playing our best team at every opportunity. Yeah, and it's great to hear that because I think that's how we've always tried to approach our cricket. Uh, there's obviously times where in recent years when there's been a conflict with the schedule and a, and a heavy schedule, a number of players potentially have you know, missed ODIs or, or missed a T20 series or something like that to freshen up for big test series. But, you know, it's something that is you know, something that the modern player has to deal with because uh, when they were playing all three formats, the, the schedule's jam-packed, as we saw recently with that T20 series straight after the, the World Cup victory. A number of the boys needed to get back home and have a breather before this test summer. But um, it's great to hear the Australian hierarchy saying that. They've been excellent, obviously, in managing the group in this last 12 months or so to get the job done. And I think whilst the World Test Championship's not perfect yet, because obviously it's not everyone, each country playing each other at home and away equally over that cycle. It's it's still a little bit lopsided with who you end up playing in that cycle. But I think it's great in the, fa in the fact that it's providing some context to the cycle um, rather than how it was in the past. So 
I think the players really enjoyed that and the fact that there was a final, you know, this time it was at, at the Oval. Previously, it was, I think it was at uh, Lords. So, oh no, sorry, Southampton between the Kiwis um, in India. So, yeah, it's, it's I mean, great reward for the teams or the couple of teams that have been up the top over that, that period. It doesn't seem that long ago that they feel or they felt like there was pressure on on Pat Cummins and Andrew McDonald as a, a captain coach type of partnership. Uh, but considering what they've done over the last twelve months, what's what's impressed you the most about that leadership team of of Cummins and McDonald? Well, I think the biggest challenge of of leaders is getting the best out of the group, and obviously. You know the way it all unfolded with the saga around Justin Langer and his departure. That obviously added a huge amount of pressure on the both of them because that was always lingering in the background, or, or not so much background. It was it was right there at the forefront of the summer last year um, when the summer started. The way it all unfolded, but I think credit to them, they've been able to get the best out of um, a number of that group, and and a lot of them have played their best cricket. And I think probably the prime example for me is someone like a Travis Head. You know. Uh, probably about 18 months ago, he'd been in and out of the team. He'd been a vice captain and he wasn't. And the way he's progressed in that period of time across all formats, I think is credit to, you know, both Macker and also uh, Pat Cummins as skipper in the way that they've let him go about his business, let him be a carefree attacking batsman and given him a role that suits not just in test cricket in that middle order, but also in the white ball formats at the top of the order. Uh, and he's flourished, and he's just an example. There's a number of players in there. You know, Mitch Marsh has got back in the test team, uh, obviously played his best cricket in the late in the Ashes series when, when Cameron Green was dropped. So, you know, there's there's all these um, examples. I mean, Usman Khawaja's last sort of 12 to 18 months has been nothing short of superb, you know, and everyone probably thought his test career was finished. So I think all of these players um, will will no doubt say it, but I think within those four walls of the Australian dressing room, you know, I think McDonald and, and Pat Cummins deserve a huge amount of credit for the environment they're creating to get the best out of each and every player in that group. And it seems like it's a really relaxed, comfortable environment that players can prepare how they want to prepare and, and they can own that space, which I think is, is really mature of them to be allowed to do that because, I mean, each player's preparation is completely different. So I just think the way they're going about it's been great to see. Yes, and Pat Cummins will join us on the program shortly, the captain of Australia. So just looking at a few, I guess, talking points with the Australian team ahead of uh, the Test match tomorrow, David Warner's dominated the headlines as he has throughout the course of his career. Should he be there tomorrow and should he get his farewell Test match in Sydney in a couple of Test matches' time? Yeah, look, I think this topic was probably more relevant, I think, earlier in the year. And I think I understand why Mitch Johnson's come out and said what he has, because I think the vast majority of the Australian public probably felt like this a fair while ago. And the reason I say that is because, you know, with the Indian series earlier in the year, it was a huge one. And obviously the Ashes, two venues that uh, historically David Warner has struggled. He's never got to test 100 in either venue in India or England. So, you know, there was pressure then. He got given the opportunity. So there's no surprise he's got given the opportunity this summer. But I understand where Mitch was coming from with some of those, um, you know, facts in terms of his numbers in the last two years because they're well down on where David Warner's career has been. And so that's the, I guess, that made it interesting because it, because it got a little bit personal. There's obviously something going on in the background between the two given what's been said publicly. But I think overall, it's no surprise to see David Warner enter this summer um, and get the opportunity because 
you know, over his career across all three formats, he will probably, well, I think he will go down as probably our greatest ever test, uh, not test opener, but all format opener because um, his numbers are phenomenal across ODIs, T20s, nationals and test cricket. The question will be is that his test numbers in particularly India and and in the UK have been probably why people have asked this question and rightly so. um, You know, his last couple of years haven't been great from a, a statistical perspective, but when you hear the team speak about the importance of him around the group and his energy and and his presence, I guess at the top of the order because of his reputation to take the game on, I guess that's where you know the selectors and the and the players themselves, Pat Cummins and Andrew McDonald, um, want him in and around that group. But he's, it's been made pretty clear by George Bailey he's got to make runs in Perth to be able to get to Sydney and. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he does that because his record in Australia, he averages about 58. It's superb. Um, and, and there's no faulting that. Yes, they haven't publicly guaranteed him past this test match, which I think mm. is interesting in itself. So one of the reasons why David Warner is playing this summer is that the replacements haven't necessarily been overwhelming. Cameron Bancroft clearly has been the best performed opener uh, at domestic level. Then there's also Marcus Harris and there's Matt Renshaw. Particularly, Harris has had a lot of difficult pitches to deal with at the start of the the new Sheffield Shield season. Have you got a leaning one way when it comes to those three, or would you potentially experiment and take a a middle-order player and and put him at the top? Not dissimilar to your own situation previously playing for Australia. Yeah, Yeah, there's been much said about that. I I think this whole situation with with Warner being able to get through India and, and being selected for the Ashes in a way, hasn't been a great reflection on how the selectors or the hierarchy view Cameron Bancroft, Renshaw and Harris. Because I think given his lack of runs over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, if, if they'd felt comfortable bringing them in, they would have. And they haven't for a reason, obviously. And so in my mind, I get the feeling that, you know, they might rejig the order. Um, in my mind, I think, you know, Cameron Green... Unfortunately, I thought he had poor preparation for the Ashes and he paid the price. He had um, time in the IPL for two months playing for Mumbai. You can't blame him for doing that. He was paid three million bucks or whatever he paid. <laughs> so he, as a young kid, you know, and he's trying to play white ball cricket for Australia, so you can't begrudge him that. But it's cost him probably being in, you know, in the first test of the summer. However, I think he's got the game and I think his first class numbers are far superior to all of those three candidates. Um, he's averaging probably just over 46 in first-class cricket. The rest are under, just under 40. So I, I know it's a different role, but Cameron Green's best cricket for WA has been at number four, um, which at times you probably are facing a new ball. So it's just whether they're prepared to, to rejig the order for one player. But I, I really think he's, it's important he's in and around that uh, test group moving forward because I think he's a genuine test cricketer. Um, He's only 24 years of age. There's huge, huge upside to him. And I think the other thing that which gets unnoticed at times is when he was in that team, he took a lot of pressure off the three big quicks. And obviously, Lyon does a lot of the work as well to be able to make sure they stay in the park over a long period of time and, and let Australia have success. And that's been one of our big reasons of success is we've got a, a dominant attack, a highly experienced dominant attack. So I think... It's, it's all well and good with Mitch Marsh being in the side, and that's great for him. But he also hasn't been able to prove over a long period of time with his body that he can and handle the workload of test cricket as an all-rounder. So, you know, moving forward, I still think it's really important that at both 
either he or Cameron Green are in that team. And if Mitch Marsh isn't bowling as much because of his body and he's playing purely as a bat at number six, then I think that they've got to find a way to, to get Cameron Green into that top six. And I, I'd have no problems with him. I think he's got the game to be able to bat high in the order and I think it'll suit him. Um, having done it myself, um, I think it actually suits to get out there and get into it straight away rather than chewing up nervous energy and waiting to bat. And he's still a young kid. He might actually... They should probably ask him the question. I reckon if they asked him the question, I reckon he'd put his hand up and say, yep, I want to open for Australia because he'd rather be there than not be there. So it'd be an interesting uh, conversation, that. Yeah, and I think it's a really good point you make about where he's got his runs at first-class level for Western Australia. It has been at number four. He's made multiple first-class centuries, big centuries at number four, often in difficult conditions as well. So he has got the technique to bat in the top order, not dissimilarly to, say, a, a Shane Watson previously, who could bat in a number of positions. But I feel also that Cam Green's figures sometimes have been skewed a little bit at test level when he's been batting at six. A, I don't think it necessarily suits him, but often he's been part of declaration batting, um, sacrificing his own figures that have potentially affected his his figures because he's a very much a team man. So I think you've got there's a number of things you've got to factor in when you're looking at Cameron Green. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the, the thing that has, I guess, stood out to me in the last sort of five, ten years watching is that in Australian domestic cricket, there's probably only really been two young batsmen that have stood out like head and shoulders above the rest. And that's been him. And, and the other one was young Will Pukowski when he's played cricket for Victoria in terms of they're probably the two that when they burst on the scene have both been able to average that around that 50 mark, which is no mean feat. Um, and that's as young players. And obviously they're both, you know, still young developing players. Uh, the others are all good players and, and they're all, you know, um, particularly Cameron Bancroft, he's done nothing wrong. He's done exactly what's been asked of him in the last 18 months for WA or the last two seasons for WA. But I just think when you look at it um, and, and break it all down, Cameron Green is technically a better player and his first-class record at 24 is far superior to all those other three candidates. And I, I think, you know, they've got to consider that that um, that option. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Simon, no, thank- no, not to mention he can buy 140k yes. and catch like a genie. I was galley. going to say, he's probably <laughs> worth two in the galley. You can have Correct. two galleys when, when he's there with, uh, with what he can do. Um, I know you're about to get on a plane. Thanks very much for spending some time with us today. We're going to hear so much of you throughout the course uh, of the summer of cricket on SEN. We look forward to it. Uh, have a safe trip over. Thanks, Adam.